Welcome to the Wellness and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. Wellness is the foundation that unlocks your highest performance both mentally and physically and allows you to enjoy life to its fullest. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness and performance lessons that are going to help you to live your best life. So, put on your shoes, head out of the door and start stepping into your potential. Hey guys, this is Coach Peter. Welcome to today's episode. Before we get started, you might have noticed we have a new name for the podcast. We are now Wellness and High Performance Podcast with Coach Peter. And the only reason for this change is that I've gotten some really good advice saying that I should keep my messaging and I should keep my wording very uniform across all platforms. So that's the only reason for this change. And nothing else is going to change. You can still find all the previous episodes under this new name, Wellness and High Performance with Coach Peter. And I'm going to keep delivering content that's going to help you to live your best life. So without further ado, when talking about living your best life, sleep quality is right up there when it comes to things that you should be focusing on. And today I want to give you three sleep optimization strategies that are really going to improve your sleep quality dramatically. Not next week, not tomorrow, but from tonight, as long as you do them. The first strategy to improve the quality of your sleep from tonight is to make sure that your body is in a right state. You know, you've ever experienced, I certainly have in the past, that I've been trying to go to bed and I try to close my eyes and when I close my eyes, my mind just accelerates and my mind is, you know, I'm thinking about what I should have said to that asshole. I'm thinking about my unfilled tax return. I'm thinking about all the things that I need to do tomorrow. And it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm supposed to sleep now. But the mind doesn't care. Everything that's going on in your life, it needs to be dealt right there and then. And you might also notice that your heart rate is often very elevated at this point in time. And you might just feel a little too agitated for the for the occasion of going to bed. You might wonder what is going on here. And you have to realize that the brain doesn't operate on an on and off switch. We have to give it time to wind down after being, you know, after being an alert and after being having the on switch for the whole day. We got to give it time to wind down before we try to go to bed and you should give yourself at least one hour before going to bed when you're not stimulating yourself with work with emails with social media with tv or even with gaming because even these forms of entertainment they keep us in this problem solving and aroused state and of course when we're talking about the state of your body we're also of course talking about the state of your autonomic nervous system. If your heart rate is elevated, if your breathing is fast, you can be rest assured that you are still in a state of high arousal from an autonomic perspective and your body is not prepared to go to bed at that point. So instead, what can you do? How can you bring your heart rate low? Well, you know it. When you do breathing exercises and parasympathetic breathing exercises that slow down your breathing, make your breathing slow, calm, deep and subtle. It should be hard for anyone else in the room to notice your breathing. Your breathing should be so subtle. When you get to that point and you can kind of relax into that point, rest assured that your body is in a much better place and it's much more ready and much more prepared to go to bed 
and get to nice and restorative deep sleep. You know, what else can you do during this last one hour? I recommend reading a fictional book. Don't read anything too stimulating. I like fiction because it really puts the brain into this storytelling mode. And I found that just that change alone, it actually had an improvement in my sleep quality. You can also connect with your family, you can meditate, or you can journal. And journaling is very powerful, especially if you're someone who really struggles to put things down. Oftentimes, it's like your desktop on, on your laptop. If it's full of things that are open, if you have 10 windows open at one time, your mind is going to be very cluttered and you're not really focusing on any one thing. So journaling allows you to put pen on paper and physically write things down. And you can kind of go, okay, that thing's now out of the desktop. I'm going to come back to it tomorrow and I'm going to deal with it tomorrow when I actually I'm rested and I actually have energy and I can actually do something about it. Because the, the reality is that often these things that are keeping us awake at nighttime, we really can't do anything about them there and then anywhere. We have to wait till tomorrow to be able to do something about it. So the first strategy to improve the quality of your sleep from tonight is to make sure that you give yourself some space to wind down and that you achieve a state of rest and digest before going to bed. Second, you must optimize your sleeping environment. Firstly, your bedroom should exist for two activities only. And both of these activities, they start with the letter S. And since this is a family podcast, this is for the whole family, I'm going to leave the rest up to your imagination. I'm just going to say that the other one is sleeping. The same goes for your children, although they might not be doing the other S. But your children's bedroom is not for watching TV. You know, it's it's not for studying. This goes for both of you. you. You're in your children's bedroom. The bedroom is not for studying. It's not for working. It's not for watching TV. It's not for solving problems. The bedroom should be only for sleeping. And this is really important because the brain loves to make these associations with places and and smells and sounds. And a good example of this is that, you know, when you you catch a whiff of a perfume or you hear a song, that you it can like really take you back in time. And some a memory that you haven't thought of in a long, long time, it pops up from your past. And you're oh yeah, I remember that person now who used to wear that perfume or Oh, I remember that place where I was in when I heard that song for the first time. That's because your brain has created this association with that song, with that smell, with that place. And the brain does this at all points in time. And you can really take advantage of this quality when when it comes to improving your sleep quality. Because you can really make your bedroom into this place where when you your body knows when you enter the bedroom... You're going to be in a relaxed state and your body knows what's going to happen next because you're going to be going to bed. So that can be a really powerful cue for your body to really start accelerating the processes that are going to put you into deep, great quality sleep. Now, you can also really improve the environment itself. So you should do an inventory of your room. You should get rid of all the electronic appliances from your room because first of all, you don't need them if you're just going to go and sleep there. You should put your alarm clock on and you should take your alarm clock out of the room. And this not only has the benefit of not keeping you up at night, 
But also, when you wake up in the morning and the alarm clock goes off and it's in the other room, you're going to have to get up and you're going to have to walk to the other room to turn it off. And that's going to significantly reduce the chances of tapping the snooze button and ending up wasting your valuable time when you could be living your best life. Then, you have to make your bedroom into a bath cave. What are bath caves like? Well, never been, really been to one, but... From what I gather from watching David Attenborough's shows, I can tell that bat caves are cool, they're dark, and they're very, very quiet. Unless the bats are making all the sound. But essentially, they're usually pretty cool, pretty dark, pretty quiet. So, especially the light. Get rid of all the light in your room. Invest into blackout blinds. Make your bedroom as pitch black as possible. And believe this, believe it or not, but if you can see your hand... Like if you're lying down in bed and you extend your arm in front of you, if you can see your hand, there's still too much light in the room. And this amount of light is going to be picked up by the receptors in your brain and on your skin. And this amount of light is then translated into the chemical cascade and the hormonal cascade that goes on in the rest of your body. And even a modest amount of light, even just so much that you can actually see your hand, that is enough light to disrupt melatonin production and the optimal melatonin production. Melatonin is this hormone that we secrete at nighttime that we need for a great optimal deep sleep. So you want to make sure your bedroom is as dark as possible. And oh, this really gives me the, the, the jitters. You know those like um, small small bright lights and literally every single electronic appliance like your aircon your fan your whatever it is that's in the bedroom they all have these really small bright indicator lights and this is like what a fantastic idea like you're absolutely gonna destroy the sleep quality of every single person on the planet and like this is really hasn't been thought out through very well so, you know, take the extra effort to actually block out those small lights, throw a piece of clothing in front of them or use a duct tape or whatever it is. Make sure your bedroom is as dark as possible. Then you want to make sure your bedroom is as cool as possible as well. So if you know, you might have noticed that it's, especially if you live in Australia, that sometimes summertime it's really hard to sleep. And then in wintertime it's really easy to sleep. And this is why temperature is another one of these really important stimuli that our body detects from the environment and it then influences our body clock and our sleep-wake cycle. So at nighttime when the sun goes down, it's usually a little bit cooler, the body picks this up and starts preparing for a great deep quality sleep. So make sure your bedroom is cool, you know, use the aircon, use the fan and just make sure that the bedroom is cool, especially in the summertime here in Australia, you really have to go out of your way to figure out how you can keep that thing cool. You know, block the sun, use your block out blinds in the afternoons, block the sun out of the room, so you keep the room a little bit cooler in the first place, so you don't have to actually spend so much energy into cooling it back down. Third thing you can do, make sure your bedroom is as quiet as possible. So obviously, if you're living in an urban environment, if you have to keep the windows open to keep some air flowing, you are at the mercy of your environment. And there's going to be trams, there's going to be cars, there's going to be whatever it may be. There might be neighbors. You know, neighbors you can do something about because you can go and talk to them. You can say, hey, look, 
Um, I'm really putting some effort into improving quality of my sleep because it has a significant impact on my health and on my performance. I want to live my best life. And if your neighbors are still keeping you up at night and they're you know, unwilling to <laughs> keep it more quiet after you've talked to them and if they don't care about their own health and their own performance, don't let them be a drag on your health and your performance. Try to get rid of them. Make complaints. You know, be, be a pain in the butt. Try to get rid of them or move somewhere else. But it's a significant, significant thing that can absolutely destroy the quality of your sleep. Or what you can do is just wear, wear some really good earplugs. And this is something you it takes a bit of getting used to. And personally, I've gotten to the point now where I actually can't sleep without them. And it's it gives me this really snug feeling of safety when I shove my earplugs as deep into my skull as possible. And I still wake up to the alarm clock in the morning, but I do not wake up at night time at all, even if someone's a little bit loud in the in the complex. So the second thing you can do to improve the quality of your sleep is to make sure that you only use the bedroom for two S's, sleep and the other one, and you make your bedroom as cool, dark and quiet as possible. The third thing, now that we've made sure that you're in the right state, we've optimized your sleep environment, now we have to make sure that you're breathing correctly. Because breathing at nighttime, it is a deal breaker when it comes to your sleep quality. You can do, there are many, many more things, by the way, which you can do for the quality of your sleep on the list of what can you do to improve your sleep hygiene. Breathing is a deal breaker. It doesn't matter if you tick all the boxes on the checklist, but if you're not breathing at nighttime, well, you're not sleeping. And what do you have to do specifically? You have to breathe through your nose. There's two main reasons for this. Reason number one is that when you breathe through your nose, you take advantage of nasal nitric oxide, which is this gas that is always building up in the nasal cavity. So nitric oxide is a bronchodilator, meaning it opens up the blood vessels. Oh, sorry, it opens up the airways. It is a vasodilator, meaning that it opens up the blood vessels. And because of that, it improves blood flow and oxygen delivery all over the body to your brain, to your muscles, to your organs, to all the cells in your body. And guess what? That's fantastic at nighttime when your body is literally recovering from your exertions mentally and physically during the day. You want to provide it as much oxygen as possible. You want to provide your tissues as much blood as possible. So when you breathe through your nose, you're going to be taking advantage of nasal nitric oxide. The other reason is, is that when you breathe through your mouth, you are dehydrating your body at a significantly higher rate. So breathing through your mouth is going to dehydrate you 40% faster than when breathing through your nose. And with dehydration is a form of stress. So if you get very dehydrated, that's going to increase the stress response. That's going to wake you up. And the third, the probably the biggest and the, the reason why breathing is an absolute deal breaker is that when you breathe through your nose, you're much less likely to snore and suffer from obstructive sleep apnea. So in short, when you breathe through your nose, your tongue should be on the roof of the mouth or a little bit higher up in the mouth. And there's more space in the airway. On the flip side, when you're breathing through your mouth, you can try now, if you open your mouth, where did your tongue go? It's on the floor of the mouth, isn't it? 
when your tongue is on the floor of the mouth, it sits a little bit further back in the throat. And at night time, this is significantly going to increase the chances of the tongue collapsing on the airway, either partially or fully. So if the tongue collapses on the airway partially, that's going to make the airway much smaller. And then you're trying to pull air through that small air hole. Guess what that sounds like? Yep, that's snoring there for you. And snoring is one of the main symptoms of a more serious breathing problem when you sleep, which is called obstructive sleep apnea, which is when the tongue collapses on the airway completely and you actually stop breathing. And after about 10 to 15 seconds of not breathing, your brain figures this out, you get a small stress response, you move your body and in an attempt to clear the airway. So this is when you're gonna grind your teeth, your body's gonna move your or your, your, it's an unconscious reaction to obstructive sleep apnea is to move the jaws back and forth to try to make more space in the airway. You're going to toss and turn, you're going to move around a lot. And you might not even realize that this is happening. But this can happen from, you know, it's considered to be normal, quote unquote normal from zero to five times an hour, five to 15 times an hour is considered to be mild, 15 to 30 times an hour is considered to be moderate. And 30 or more times per hour, that's considered to be severe. And I only have personal experience from five wake-ups per hour. And I can tell you that that was absolutely destroying the quality of my life and of my sleep. And I felt absolutely atrocious even after eight hours in bed. And I actually made a very thorough YouTube video on this on my YouTube channel about snoring and obstructive sleep apnea and about all the home solutions, non-invasive home solutions that you can do. There's three very, very important strategies for that to that you can do before you go into more invasive strategies, you know, talking to a dentist or talking to a doctor to prescribe you a CPAP machine. So I would highly recommend you to head over to YouTube after this and watch that video on my channel at Coach Butter. Or you can also find the link to that in the show notes. I'll make sure that I put it right there. So to recap this episode, if you want to improve the quality of your sleep from tonight, you have to first make sure that you are in a calm, relaxed state before you go into trying to go to bed. Give yourself some space to wind down and make sure that your body is in a state of rest and digest. Make your make sure your breathing is nice and slow nice and deep and nice and calm before you're trying to go to bed. Number two, make sure that your bedroom is a place when you only do two S's and the other one is sleeping. Make sure your bedroom is as dark, cool and quiet as possible. Thirdly, you have to breathe through your nose. If you're not breathing through your nose when you're sleeping, well, chances are that you're not breathing and chances are that you're not sleeping. So if you want to learn more about that, make sure to head over to YouTube at Coach Peter and watch the video on home solutions on snoring and obstructive sleep apnea. If you want to truly take your sleep quality to the next level, you should really check out the Sleep Transformation Program. Sleep Transformation Program is a five-week experience that I've designed to help you on your wellness journey so that you can unlock better energy, more focus, less stress so that you can live life to its fullest. This is achieved with 
all the possible sleep optimization strategies, much more than what we've covered today. There's so much more that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep. I've really dotted the I's and crossed the T's with this thing. We've got all the possible strategies, all the best strategies known to man. We have effective checklists to make sure that you do them and keep you accountable. And we also give you the opportunity to ask questions directly from me if you get stuck in any point of the way. So if that sounds like something that could be useful to you, make sure to check it out from the link below this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have someone in your life who you think would benefit from better quality sleep, please share this episode with them. A family member, a friend, colleague, anyone, even an enemy, because after all, the enemy might just not be sleeping that well and they actually might turn into a friend if they just sleep a little bit better. Thank you so much for listening. This is Coach Putter. Let's do this.